0: Hello CBCS and welcome back to the Chapel Podcast. My name is Anastasia Davi, the Community Life Prefect on campus, and today we're joined with Brett Kunkel as our speaker. He is the founder and president of MAVEN, which is an organization that is equipping the next generation with a biblical worldview. Today he will be talking to us about what is Christian education. So without further ado, let's get into it.
1: What I mean specifically is, why are you here at Capistrano Valley Christian School? Why are you in high school? What's the end goal? Where are you going? What's the purpose of your education? Answer that in your mind. Why are you here? Now, open your eyes. and I want you to kind of think about that answer. Uh, Because you are spending a significant amount of your life in school. And it just seems like we ought to be thinking carefully about the question, okay, what is this for? What is the purpose of education? Now, I'll tell you what the purpose of modern education is. Modern education is this right here, right? You go to school... You go through elementary to prepare for middle school, then to prepare for high school. High school's preparation for college. And once you graduate, whether it's a bachelor's or a master's or maybe it's your PhD, eventually the end goal is career. It's to get a job. And you see this uh, all throughout American education. And so here are a couple of examples. So this is from uh, a school district Uh, The Bloomington Public School District in Illinois. And you can see, right, uh, pathways to career and college. And this little chart outlines, you know, going through education so that ultimately you get to a point where you you get a career. Okay, here's another chart from another school district, Sioux Falls. Right, notice the, the title. Optimize Educational Achievement from cradle to career. Cradle to career. So what is, where is education going on this view? Your education is so that you can get a job. You can get a career. And then we ought to ask the question, okay, well, why do I want a career? And I think the American answer, the answer in the American culture is this. It's so that you can achieve the good life. Right? It's so that you can uh, experience all the pleasures of life. It's so that you can buy that, that big house. It's so that you can get that car that you eventually want. It's so that you have enough wealth to be able to do all of the pleasurable things that are part of what is often called the American dream right the good life you do all this to get the good life and the good life turns out to be according to most americans a life of pleasure because that according to our culture is what's going to ultimately bring you happiness and satisfaction And so that is the goal in the the, the U.S. and much of the Western world. That is the primary goal, whether we would say it or not, that is the primary goal of much of education. Go to school so you can get a job, get a career, so eventually you can achieve the good life. Now, is having a job a bad thing? Of course not. Is being able to... uh, Work hard and accumulate wealth, is that a bad thing? No. Is it wrong to have houses and cars and no, of course not. I'm not saying that what I want us to think through though is are those the kind of purposes? Is that the purpose that our education should aim for? Now, what's the result? What's the result of this kind of approach to, to, to life? Well, I'll just give you one. I mean, this is, this is these kind of headlines now I see almost every other day that have to do with the mental health crisis in this country. Now, this headline talks about the mental health crisis amongst U.S. teenagers, right? From 2015 to 2019, prescription for antidepressants rose 38% for teenagers compared with 15% for adults. And, you know, probably the reason why it's a discrepancy between uh, you guys and adults, is because the adults are already there. Because actually, if you look at uh, various studies over the last 30 years, what you discover is that uh, anxiety and depression don't typically kick in. It didn't typically kick in until maybe like 29 or 30. That's when you'd have like your first episode of it. Like serious uh, depression and anxiety. It wasn't usually till about 29, 30 years of age. But now... What we're seeing is that the first uh, experience with serious mental health issues is happening at now 14, 13, 12. So it, it may be just the, the adults spread it to, to you guys. And so it's not, it's not confined to you. This is a societal problem. If you look at our culture over the last 40 or 50 years, we are more anxious, we are more depressed, We struggle with more mental health problems than in the history of our country. We are more unhappy than we've ever been before. But ironically, we have all those things that we were told constitutes the good life. We have more wealth, we have bigger homes. We have more leisure time. We go on nicer vacations. We eat better food. We have more technology. We are more affluent than we've ever been as a culture. And what is the result? Is it increased happiness? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And of course, we ought to listen to people who've kind of had it all. Like a guy like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, you know, he's an older actor, but he's experienced levels of fame and wealth and pleasure that many of us, most of us, maybe all of us will never experience. And Jim Carrey said this in an interview that he did, In 2006, after achieving, after being at the pinnacle of his career, being at the pinnacle of fame, he said this. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they've ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Right? From a guy who quote-unquote has it all. Now, of course, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, then we actually have wisdom that's available to us that goes and transcends any culture and the messages of any culture. In fact, Jesus says something that applies here in this situation. He says, whoever wants to be My disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow Me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? And when you think about Jesus' words as applied to American culture in the 21st century, this clearly is the correct assessment. What good is it for you to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit your very self. And I would argue that our modern purpose for education is taking many of us down a path where we will end up losing or forfeiting our very selves. And that's why it is vital for us to think about education and put co- education in the context of a larger worldview. Now, when we say worldview, simple definition of worldview is that worldview is your picture of reality. And everyone's got one. Everyone's got a picture of reality, right? Think of it this way. Use this analogy. Uh, You have a bunch of ideas and beliefs in your mind that you hold in your mind. Think of uh, a puzzle as an analogy. You've got all these puzzle pieces. Each puzzle piece represents an idea or a belief in your mind. Now, typically, if you were to pour out the contents of the, you know, the typical American's mind, put them out on the table, it would just kind of be a scattered mess. It's, it's not really organized. It's not, we, we don't think through our lives. We, all, many of us don't have a, a coherent picture of the world. We don't have a coherent worldview. And so we have these individual puzzle pieces. We have these individual aspects of life, whether it's education or family or sexuality or technology or money or politics or gender or career or any of those things. We've got these individual puzzle pieces, and, and they're just kind of floating there. and We don't know how to think about them carefully, and uh, we don't know really how to make sense of it all. And we, what, what ends up happening is we just kind of go along with the cultural ideas and trends. Now, think about when you start a puzzle. If you're gonna start a puzzle, do you try to find the very middle piece of the puzzle, put that down in and start from there? Of course not, right? If you're gonna start a puzzle, where do you start? You start with the edges and the corners. You put together the edges and the corners first. Now, why would you do that? Because what that does is that creates a frame that makes sense of all the other individual puzzle pieces that are in the middle, right? And that makes it much easier to make sense and put together the puzzle. But if you tried to start with the middle piece, you would have no framework by which to make sense of all these other pieces, and it would be much more difficult to put that puzzle together. And so in the same way, with our worldview, we need a worldview that's going to create a framework for us that's going to help make sense of the different issues of life. And when we have that, what it does is it begins to make sense of the world that we live in. This is why not just worldview thinking is so important, but this is why if you are a follower of Jesus, you need to develop a full, robust Christian worldview. Because a Christian worldview is going to make sense of all of the different puzzle pieces of life. It's going to frame them and create coherence so that we know what the purpose of something like education is for. And so when we examine the Christian worldview, it's going to start to create a framework for us by which we can make sense of education and career and college and everything else. And it's going to give us guidance. And it's also going to infuse all of life with purpose and meaning that is lacking from our culture. And so, what does the Christian worldview say that's going to apply to education? Well, we step back and we look at the big picture. The Christian worldview tells us that we are saved from something. right? And this is where many of us maybe start. We, 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 we are, we're sinners. We, uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And so Jesus, when we put our faith in Christ, He saves us from our sins. And that's absolutely true. But that's not where the Bible starts. The Bible shows that we are not just uh, saved from something, but we are also made for something. From the beginning, God made us for something. And there are four things I want to highlight that will become the framework for life in the Christian worldview. Here it is. We have two commands and two commissions. I try to put this in a way that's just super easy uh, uh, to, to remember, uh, but, is, uh, but is biblically faithful. So I want you to think about it. Two commands, two commissions. What are the two commands? Well, we find the two commands in Matthew chapter 22. And uh, uh, this is what we call the great commandment. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36 through 38 Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees. They say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So the great commandment is to love God with all that you are. What's the second commandment? The second commandment, right, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So from Jesus, the wisest, smartest man who has ever walked the face of planet Earth, we have the two greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor, right? Love God and love your neighbor. If you want a larger purpose for life, Jesus lays it out, love God, love your neighbor. But that's not the only thing we find in scriptures when we find these two commissions that are equally important. The f- often, we, we, many of us know the, the, the Great Commission, but not as many are familiar with what we call the Cultural Commission. That's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27-28. through 28. God created man in His own image, and in the image of God He created them. Male and female He created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, "'Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth.'" Here we have in Genesis chapter 1, God's very first command to all of humanity. And notice, Genesis 1 obviously comes before Genesis 3. So this is before the fall of man. This is before sin enters the world. This is a pre fall reality. That means that God's design for humanity from the very start was that we would be two things, that we would do two things be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then subdue it and rule over it. That just means having families, creating families, and then ruling over the earth. Building the earth. And what we discover is that when we do those things, we actually image God. These are critical to what it means to be made in the image of God, right? What we find in Genesis chapter 1 is that God forms the earth and then God fills it. And then what does he command us to do? He commands us to fill it, be fruitful and multiply, and then he commands us to form it, subdue it and rule over it, have dominion over it. This is what we call the cultural commission. And this is the first commission that still applies today. We are to create culture, build culture by building families and then doing stuff, having careers, taking God's good world and making stuff out of it. And then, of course, we do have Genesis 3, the fall of man, and the rest of Scripture we see the effects of the fall. And that is where Jesus comes in and we see then right, His death, resurrection, and we get uh, after His resurrection the Great Commission. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Two commands, two commissions. And what those do is they offer a framework by which we can now think of every single topic in life. So now we take that puzzle piece of education, And that puzzle piece of education is framed by the two commands and the two commissions, right? So what is is my purpose in life? It's primarily to to love God and love others. What am I to do in life? I'm to fulfill the cultural commission and I am to fulfill the great commission. And what that does now is it creates a framework by which we can make sense of education. So now when I think about education on this framework, what, is the goal of edu- what should be the goal of education? The goal of education should move us to greater love for God and love for one another. And you're not going to hear that in modern American education. But Christian education, which I even hesitate to say Christian education, because education is a human activity that is natural to the human being who is created by God. So it's not like as if there is just some other kind of true education. Christian education is actually true education. And in a Christian view of education, loving God, if education drives you to love God and love others, then it's fulfilling its true purpose. And the two ways that we do that, two of the primary ways that we love God and love others is through the Cultural Commission and the Great Commission. Now, we have 20 minutes to cover a huge topic. This is just an intro. But should get us thinking. And this framework here now will include all that you're going to do. Does... Going to high school and then going off to college and getting a career, does that fit into this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, we could, we could spend the next two hours thinking of all the implications for this. So that when I go off and get a career and I start to accumulate wealth, that's a, that can be a really good thing. That's not bad. But what is the purpose of that wealth? Is that purpose of wealth simply to bring me pleasure? No. It's to help me figure out how do I love God and love others? And oftentimes the way that we love God is by loving others. And so I think very differently than the world. I think, okay, the wealth that I accumulate, how do I take that wealth and how do I use it to bless others? How do I use it to love my neighbor? On this view of education, though, it also helps us see that it, look, if you graduate and you're the val- valedictorian at CVCS and you go off to some big name school, maybe you're at an Ivy League school, maybe you go to Harvard, maybe you get your MBA, maybe you become a successful businessman or businesswoman, maybe you're a lawyer, maybe you're at the highest institutions of our culture, and yet you have walked away from God at that point and you are living a morally corrupt life. That would be a failure of Christian education. I, w- I, I tell my kids this. I have five kids. I tell my kids, look, if you did that, I would not be satisfied. But if you never, maybe you graduate from high school, you don't go off to college. Maybe you're working at a, 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 as a clerk at a local convenience store. But you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and, mind, and strength. You follow Jesus faithfully. I'm much more satisfied with that because that is closer to a biblical view of education. And so, this place, CBCS, should look possibly very different than the education we see all around us in their culture. And when we do that, when we do that, I think we have an opportunity to actually change the world. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for these students. I lift these students up to you. I pray for the school, the leadership, the teachers, the faculty. I pray that this institution, Lord, would understand and embrace your view of education. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would protect these students from the false cultural ideas that they're swimming in. Lord, I pray that these students would be shaped by the truth of Your Word. And Lord, I pray that their Christian faith, their Christian convictions would shape their education, would shape their view of education, and would transform education for them. And I pray, Lord, that this school would send out men and women who love You, who love others passionately who do incredible things in the world who build culture and who proclaim the salvation that we have in Jesus all while doing it we need your help father we pray that your spirit would help us and we pray this in Jesus name amen
0: Thank you so much for that message that was really encouraging so now I'm joined with Brett Kunkel in the podcast studio for a short little interview my first question is just tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah well I um, started maven with my Mm -hmm. my wife my family six and a half years ago Uh, with I had been working in an apologetics organization for 14 years prior to that and then I had been in youth ministry uh, the 10 years before that so I've been working wow, with young yeah. people for a long time um, and have just seen the increasing challenges mm-hmm. from the culture and uh, and realized that we have got to we, we've got to be more effective mm-hmm. in uh, passing on the faith to the next generation because you can look at all kinds of stats and all kinds of data and and just you can look at your own church or your, your own Christian school, and, and you can see that we are hemorrhaging students. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they grow up in the church, and at least half, if not more, are walking away by the time they get off uh, to college, yes. or even when they're in high school. <laughs> they're walking away mentally, at least. Yeah, totally. And so we're losing a, a, a huge number of our young people who mm. who don't really— believe this stuff right? and yeah. so uh, so we're passionate about equipping the next generation and that means equipping those who are discipling the next generation mm-hmm. so we do a lot of stuff with parents with educators with pastors with youth workers with home educators and on and on and on and so we want to equip those who are our on the front lines with students and so we have a, a parent podcast that we do we do a annual maven conference here in mm-hmm. Southern California that's actually happening uh, in February 20 uh, 23rd and 24th coming up and our goal in these tools is to equip adults with a biblical worldview with a Christian worldview to really know what we believe why we believe it why it matters and how it impacts every single area of life
0: Well, thank you. I mean, I really appreciate what you're doing in our community and just the greater world, I think, ahead of us. So thank you for that. Um, What do you hope students take away from your message today?
1: Yeah, I think uh, two things in particular. I want them to see, number one, that their Christian faith, if it's actually true, Mm -hmm. if it's actually true, then it, it, it gives us an accurate picture of reality. And so it's not just this little, you know, the Christian faith isn't relegated to kind of your personal private prayer closet. Right. It's not just something that you need when you're going to do your devotions. It, you know, the Christian faith isn't just, I pull that out when I go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. No, uh, if Christianity is true, if the Bible is true, then the Bible actually is a factually accurate description of reality. Mm-hmm. It gives us knowledge of reality, and therefore it covers every corner of reality. Right. And 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 I, and so part of what I wanted to help them see is that the Christianity, uh, the Christian worldview, uh, gives us a framework by which we can view all aspects of life. It's yeah. not. It's not like hey, oh, Christian, that Christian stuff. That's my religious life. And then here's my right. secular life, my job, my career, my, you know, whatever. And those things are separate. Christianity actually touches every single aspect of reality, yeah, including education and career. Yeah. But then secondly, what I wanted to do was help them to see the basics of how Christianity f- should frame education. Mm-hmm. Like the purpose of education um, and and educational activities and institutions. I mean, this is just through and through American culture is to get you to that career so you can achieve the good life mm-hmm. like we talked about in the, in the talk. Uh, and we often in the church, Christians often who are soaking in the culture, we will simply absorb the ideas of the culture. We'll absorb the values mm-hmm. of the culture, and then we, we may not say it, but that stuff creeps in to what yeah. we do. And so then a lot of our Christian schools kind of have the same goal, but we sprinkle a little Christianity right, on yeah. it. Uh, so we have a chapel or a Bible class, but otherwise it's the same vision and values as the world around us. Yeah. And so I wanted to reframe that and say here in and, and, and very practically, very, uh, in an understandable way, here's how Christianity makes sense of yes. all your educational goals.
0: Yeah, I think Christian education should first and foremost teach us how to rightly order our loves and have Christ at um, just the top of that list. That's right. And I also really agree with your first point that it's just, it's not like uh, Christianity is a different way to look at the world, but it's like the truest, purest, most beautiful way to look at the world. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's um, really common for people to make a differentiation between their Christian religious life which could be like Sundays and then their secular life that um, kind of fills the rest of their week. But it's important to know that like if you have a true Christian worldview, it overlaps every aspect of life. That's right. So, yeah, thank you. If
1: if the goal is to love God and love others primarily with all of our activity, then the education should serve that. And I I love the way you put it. Like education should be the formation Mm -hmm. of the whole person towards virtue. To okay. rightly order our lives. And when our, our lives are rightly ordered by virtue, uh, you know, by, uh, by truth and goodness and beauty, then we will love God and love others like we were created to do. Mm-hmm. And so this is where, like, academic achievement, very important. Mm-hmm. But also in a Christian view of education, moral formation is yes. just as important. Yes, so.
0: I agree. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then if anybody would like to get more um, connected with you, how could they do so?
1: Yeah, uh, connect with us at our website. It's maventruth.com, okay. and you can find out all about the uh, the things that we do to, to try and serve uh, families and churches.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian J.K.
1: through 12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cbcs.org on behalf of the whole network this is mr jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more